Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. U.S. green groups believe they have new political leverage after the U.N. climate summit finished up this week. Nearly 200 countries, including the United States, agreed to a historic transition away from fossil fuels. But green groups say President Joe Biden's approval of domestic oil and natural gas projects doesn't really align with that commitment. That disconnect may empower climate groups to push for bigger concessions in Biden's 2024 campaign, but it's unclear how much of a difference any of this will actually make to voters. So today, we chat with Politico's Ben Lefebvre about how green groups are feeling after COP28 and what that means for 2024. It's Friday, December 15th. You know, it was basically a big, like, sigh of relief. I mean, they were like, I, I don't know how many times I talked to somebody and they said, you know, I've been going to cop in some of the cases for these folks. You know, I've been going to cop for decades and we've been fighting year after year to get language included in the final agreement that even mentioned fossil fuels, which are obviously the main driver of climate change. And it was this year for the first time, kind of seemingly out of nowhere almost, where the final agreement mentioned fossil fuels. That was kind of seen as like a huge deal among green groups. They tempered that a little bit saying, look, there's still a lot of caveats that were attached to this language. They were not happy that the U.S. did not agree to some sort of financing for developing countries to help them transition to renewable fuels. But overall, I think the feeling was like of a big job done in that regard. You know, you also note in your reporting that there was also some frustration and just feeling that the Biden administration is saying one thing and doing another in the sense that they're still approving all these fossil fuel projects. So can you talk about environmentalists' frustrations with this pledge a bit too? Yeah, they were definitely happy about the pledge, but they were also saying, again, as you had mentioned, Why is the administration still approving major oil and LNG and pipeline projects? So one of the things that got me is they mentioned the State Department as being somebody they were happy with, but then they would say, well, the State Department's kind of moving in the path we want, but what about FERC? What about DOE? You know, what about agencies that actually have more practical input into the matter? And that sounds honestly pretty familiar in the sense that we've heard groups upset before that the administration promised one thing, but is kind of delivering on another when it comes to climate. So can you talk a bit more about where groups see this happening and how they're planning to push back or respond to the administration and push it in a direction they would like to see it go? Yeah, it's interesting because basically what they're going to do is they're going to take this language on fossil fuels that was included in the COP28 agreement and take that back to the United States and use it as a cudgel against the administration. So they're going to say, oh, you know, in the big example that kept coming up, Venture Global LNG has this major LNG export expansion project in the works for Louisiana. Permits for this project are pending before FERC, and the project has to get a LNG export permit from the Energy Department. So we're going to go to the administration and say, look, you guys said you know how important it is to try to combat climate change. Why are we even considering expanding this project? And they're going to do this with any other project that comes up, frankly, that goes before the administration. So I think the words that the State Department helped craft for COP28 are going to come back to bite the administration in its dealings with progressive groups. 
And so the elephant in the room over all of this is always seems to be the 2024 presidential election campaigns. And we know that President Biden obviously campaigned heavily on climate and climate promises. And I'm wondering whether this progress will play into the campaign, if at all, and how it might impact what voters think of the Biden administration. Yeah, I think the language overall helped assuage some groups, but everyone told us it's basically still wait and see. I mean, they're very happy with the language being in the COP28 agreement, but they want to see this turn into actual action on the administration's part. They want to see what happens when CP2, that LNG project, as it wends its way through the administrative state, kind of are they going to hold to their COP28 promise? I think it's still kind of like it gives them a little glimmer of hope that the administration's talking big, but they want to see if it's going to walk the walk before they stay, you know, it's shoring up their support for the Biden administration going into 2024. Yeah. And since we worked on the story together, I'd just add that experts on public sentiment don't really see this deal as having a clear impact on voters, especially since it'll likely play pretty squarely in line with where people already stand on climate and on the president's energy policies more broadly. Also, the Treasury Department proposed guidance aimed at getting the U.S. to produce more clean energy components and critical minerals at home. The proposed guidance issued on Thursday addresses some lingering technical questions, including which components and minerals are eligible and when the credit can be claimed. Treasury's announcement comes as China and other foreign competitors continue to dominate the global market for critical minerals, battery components, solar panels, and other technologies, all of which are central to the Biden administration's climate goals. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Normal Malichael is the podcast producer. Kara Tabor edited the podcast this week. Our editors are Matt Daly and Glory Gonzalez. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back on Monday. Today's program support is provided by Chevron. Progress means producing renewable fuels for today's fleets. Chevron intends to grow their renewable fuels production capacity to 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash renewable fuels.